Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We gather today in celebration, not of ourselves, but of the one in three, the triune God who has made himself manifest among us, who has become one of us in the second person of the Trinity of Jesus Christ, who has made himself present in our community through the third person, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. We give thanks today in celebration of 50 years of the God's grace converting hearts and lives and minds, of changing the world for the better through this place and through us and in us, certainly. But first and foremost, all praise and thanks be to God. As we celebrate today our 50th anniversary in a meaningful way, and as you can obviously smell, there's plenty of bacon downstairs. What kind of party would there be without good bacon, right, you know? We celebrate today and we stand with feet firmly in the past, in the blessings and the graces and the challenges, yes, also of the past and in the present. But we turn all things to the one who gives meaning, Jesus Christ. Everything we have must be filtered through that lens of the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as we celebrate today, we give thanks for the dozens of priestly and religious vocations that have been stirred, that have been developed, that have been nurtured and nourished here at St. Paul's. We give thanks for the even, I would hope, ten times as many marriages that have started here either as students or as resident parishioners where couples came together in their love of each other and love of God. Not only that, but have committed themselves to each other in the sacrament of marriage here. We give thanks for the hundreds of men, women, and children who have been reborn in Christ through the waters of baptism, received First Holy Communion, and have been confirmed through this parish. We give thanks also for the tens of thousands, think of that for a moment, the tens of thousands of men and women and children, of the people who have come into this place, who have been nourished through the liturgy, through our community, through the graces of the sacraments. It's not unreasonable to think that the ministry that has been done here at St. Paul Catholic Center for 50 years has impacted every parish in the state of Indiana and numberless parishes beyond that. What we do here as a Newman Center and a parish is outward thinking. We have a unique position in terms of both forming those who come here, but forming them for the mission of going out into the world, of making the church and the world a better place through faith and life in Jesus Christ. It's incredible to think of the impact that we have had that we may not even know or understand. One of the great blessings of being a priest here is meeting the alumni who come back year after year who I've never met before, who I've never heard, who have stories of being healed, of being loved, of being brought up in the goodness and the graces of the Spirit by one of you or by your witness, whether they even met you or not. What a blessing and an incredible joy that is. We also recognize the uniqueness of our community, of being both a student and resident parish, of having people who've been in this parish for 50 years and people who've come to this church for about 50 minutes. Every Sunday, we gather in that wonderful diversity. Not only that, but we in Bloomington are the one parish that serves our Latino brothers and sisters and also our Korean brothers and sisters as well. 
We have been involved from the very beginning in wonderful acts of social justice and change, of working to take our faith and make it meaningful and impactful on the world. Not to mention the countless acts of mercy each one of you has committed, each one of you does on a daily basis. That's not a form of a particular ministry, but it's just you living out the mission of Jesus Christ in the world. We give thanks for the fact that every day, every Sunday, we gather in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and receive him body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. We give thanks to God for all of this. In a literal and in a profound way, we stand on the shoulders of giants and saints, of those who we know, of those who we will never hear of. But we stand on their example. And we take what we can from them, and we learn from them, and we build upon it so that this place remains a great place, a place for ages to come. But if we stand also in the present, we recognize, much to our chagrin and perhaps even sadness, the challenges of the last 50 years. I would be remiss if I didn't say the biggest challenge that we've faced over the last 50 years as church is the utter and despicable behavior of sexual abuse of children and the equally despicable cover-up of that. We cannot escape that horror, that terror. It's sickening. It's disgusting. It impacts all of us. I do not know a church that has not been impacted by this grave scandal. But we would easily push it aside and run from it, or we can embrace it and do penance to do reparation for the just indescribably terrible things that people have done in the church. We can take that and we can learn from it. And we can recognize that it affects all of us, directly or indirectly. The present is shaped by this and we cannot escape it. The present is also shaped by the fact that over the last 50 years, we have seen the greatest exodus of people from the Catholic Church in the history of the country and perhaps even the world, in the Western world at least. Every generation in the United States for the last 50 years has lost Catholics, lost. Fewer Catholics have gone every subsequent generation. We see that in our own resident parish. The biggest generation is those 60 plus. Every single generation after that is smaller. We see that in our campus ministry. For every student who comes to Mass here, we anticipate that there's about 10 who never darken the doorstep of this church. We see it in the priesthood and in the ministerial church. The median age of priests in the United States is 65, which means not in 10 years, not in 20 years, in the next few years, most priests in this country will either be retired or will be approaching death or dead. That is horrifying numbers, and that affects everything we do here. It affects not only us in the future, but it affects us today. And another thing that's in the present that's been building over these 50 years is in our culture and our society. We can't talk to each other. We can't honestly disagree and still love the other person. We see the other person as the enemy, as the one to be thwarted and vanquished, not as the prize, not as the one we need to lead to God. Not as the one who is in our life for the greater glory and building up of the church, but as the bane of our existence, who is to be cast away and excoriated. And that impacts how we talk about church, how we relate as a multi-generational parish. Can we talk to one another, knowing full well that your experience of church is vastly and totally different than mine, and trying to find a way forward in the midst of all of that?
I say all of this not to be uh, doomedarian, not to bring doom and gloom into all of this, but if we are to live in the light of Christ, we must be honest. In the gospel today, Jesus assures the apostle, or assures the people that the temple will be destroyed. Wow, what pain, what suffering that was for the Jews, and what that would have meant to the early Christians who, for the most part, were Jewish. But what does Jesus say? He doesn't say that your future lies in being successful, your future lies in maintaining old buildings. What does your salvation manifest itself in? Your perseverance and giving testimony to the truth. The word for testimony in Greek is martyrion, which is the same root for martyr, which is witness, which is also those who have given their lives for the faith. So the way forward for all of us the step into the future, holding in tension the present and the past, but turning it all to the Lord, is for each and every one of us to become a martyr, a witness for Christ in every aspect of our life. That and only that is the only direction we can go, is the only direction where there is hope, where there is goodness, where there is beauty, where there is truth. If we're worried about earthly success or having, as the Jews were in the gospel, this beautiful building and that above and everything else, though churches should be beautiful, don't get me wrong, we lose sight of the fact that Jesus Christ is king of our lives and of our hearts. We have to give our lives away each and every moment, each and every day. And in some areas of our life, this is very easy. In other areas, it is very hard. It's very easy in one way to hear the gospel about service to the poor and to our neighbor in need and to recognize, yeah, I need to give more of my time, talent, and treasure to those who are suffering. It's very hard, however, to hear the teachings of the church on issues that are hot-button issues, on sex and sexuality, on any number of issues, and to recognize that the Lord has a plan for us if we but witness to that truth, difficult as it may be. In The Lord of the Rings, one of my favorite characters is uh, King Theoden. Theoden is the king of Rohan. He's an old man. He has fought valiantly for his country for years. There's no one in the entire series who has not earned peace in this life than King Theoden. And yet when war rages on his borders, he is faced with a a choice. To find illusory peace in his halls and to live out the rest of his days free from war or to engage in battle for the greater and long-term good. And we face a similar challenge in the church today. Each and every one of us needs to make this choice, to live in the comfort of this world, to live in the comfort of my own little faith, or to put Christ, the journey, and the battle for souls before me, and to take up the cross and to walk after the Lord. Um, Pope Benedict, in his encyclical, Space Salvi, says this, It is not by sidestepping or fleeing from suffering that we are healed, but rather by our capacity for accepting it, maturing through it, and finding meaning through union with Christ, who suffered with infinite love. As we celebrate the graces and the blessings that St. Paul's has been to us, for us, and is and has been for the community, We also are faced with this choice to choose Christ or to choose something else.
to choose to make this place great here and now, building on what has come before, but open to what the Holy Spirit has before us. And this requires on our part two things. The first is to radically and totally give your life to Christ. You and you alone make that choice each and every moment of each and every day. There is one route to peace. There is one journey and one path that will lead to happiness, and that is in Christ Jesus. And the second thing is, as Jesus tells us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Give of yourself radically and totally to your neighbor. Build incredible, deep, meaningful, passionate friendships. Bring the gospel through your life and witness to the world. We have been blessed here, and we face many challenges. But as Jesus said in the gospel, by your perseverance, you will save your life. And as the example of St. Paul shows us in the second reading, St. Paul says, we toiled amidst drudgery for you. We set the example for you. When we set the life, the death, the resurrection of Christ before us, when we work for that, yes, we may have earthly failures, struggles, but Christ always triumphs because Christ has won, is winning, and will win. Jesus Christ, 50 years from now, if he is the center of this community, if he is the center of your life, will continue to reign and will continue to make your life better. Today and every day, make that choice for Christ. Because by your perseverance, you will save your life.